This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Okay, this is a great one, and I know I've shared this before, but in this episode, I have the honor to speak with Coach Low Wood, and I was first introduced to him through a football camp that my son did last year, and Coach Wood just brings the energy, and he's also known as the Camp King, and if you ever get a chance to attend one of the camps that he's um, leading, you'll understand why. He brings a level of um, energy and engagement by the players, and it's fantastic. And really with Coach Lowe, the reason why I had such a good time talking to him and, and building this this new relationship with him is the his love and dedication to mentoring young people and the importance that he puts on them, and not just from a sports perspective, but how to create good humans. And in this conversation, we talk about the importance of a strong mindset and what does that mean We talk about if you see a need, fill it. It's a good, valuable lesson for us as adults. And then why me? Remind them of the purpose and the goal. And the last thing that really resonated, and I want everybody to to really listen to when he talks about this, is how often do we talk to young people and not at them? So most of the time, as adults, since we have the knowledge We want to instruct, so we tend to talk at young people instead of talking to them. So it's so important, and when you think about it, and I know I'm putting an emphasis on young people, but are you talking to your friends and your family and your spouse and your loved ones? Are you talking at them? I was guilty in the corporate world. I talked at people a lot, and seeing now hindsight is 20-20 is I would have been a more effective leader if I was talking to people and then listening to them and not just at them and then directing them to go a certain way. So without further ado, Coach Lowood. What if you were able to collapse time on learning all the valuable success life skills that you've learned over the past 10, 20, 30 years? Well, at Highlight Coaching and Consulting, that's exactly what we do. We focus on coaching teens and young adults the valuable success life skills that we've all had to figure out over decades of our life. Our mission statement at Highlight is, it's our mission to equip youth with an undeniable sense of clarity and direction that inspires a lifetime of confidence, resilience, and continuous improvement. We offer in-person and virtual options to our one-on-one private coaching as well as group coaching. And after working with a coach from Highlight, our clients have a better understanding of their mission, their vision, their values for their life, and a higher proficiency in the skills of time, task, and distraction management, just to name a few. So the other thing that's great about Highlight is we have multiple coaches that you and your young person can choose from because a connection is so important and building trust is where it all begins. So if you're looking to help your teen and your young adult get further in life a lot faster, reach out to Highlight Coaching and Consulting today. The information is in the show notes below. I just, we have fun and I, 
I figured in life we can't edit our words, so we gotta <laughs> we just gotta roll with it, right? Right, exactly. Well, Coach Lowe, thank you for joining me today. I know we haven't met. I've seen you. I first learned about you. My son went to FBU at West Orange this past um, summer. Right. Okay. So yeah. I got yeah. exposed to you, um, hyping everybody up and getting them excited. And then um, he goes and works with uh, Tank. And so I know you and Tank know one another. And so right. that's where I ended up following you officially. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Aaron's one of my athletes back in when he was in high school when we first started uh, training. So one of the best out there I have trained as a big guy. So I love what he's doing and uh, the journey that he's taking a lot of the, um, the D linemen and the linemen and uh, giving them all his his passion and expertise and experience. So it'd be going great for him. Yeah. Now, the one issue that I do have with you is you're a Florida State fan. I saw that post that you had. So. <laughs> yeah, diehard Florida State fan. If you're from Apopka, you're a Florida State fan or you're a Miami Hurricane fan, one or the other. And I used to um, actually stay over on weekend with Sam Smith. When okay. he was at, so I stayed with him. So kind of cool. Uh, I just kind of became that Florida State fan from there, basically from Sammy. And then in high school, we went to Florida State and to visit as we headed to play against Montgomery Lee, Alabama, the number one team in the nation. That's when the high school was starting to play out of state. And we got there and Sammy came and got me and my friend, Derek Clark, and we went to Dion's place, and we started hanging out with Dion. Dion took us to a, a college party. We ain't supposed to be at a college party. <laughs> he took us to a college party. We leave the college party. We get in his um, convertible with prime time on the front. We go get something to eat, and he just dropped us off back at the hotel. And then him and Sam and Smith, all of them left. So that's I definitely was a fan after that. Yeah, I guess you have to be. Um right. But I grew up in Gainesville, so it's just impossible to like Florida State. I heard that. I heard that. I don't like Miami either. So, <laughs> well, I guess Florida Gator would be mutual for us because my um, my family um, Willie Jackson Sr. was the first African American to play at Florida Gators. Mm -hmm. His son Willie Jackson Jr. and then it was Terry Jackson. So that's actually my blood family. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we didn't really make them or know them to like way after the fact you know we really didn't know them we found out that we was family like 10 20 years later okay so you have gator blood in you so now we can be friends again all right okay there you go there you go there that's you go. what i love about college football though is you have these rivalries that just exist and they go on forever exactly, exactly. and they're fun and they're fun exactly <clears throat> Well, Coach Lowood, I just want to introduce my audience to you. Um, you're the CEO of Excel Speed Training and the Camp King, um, and you're a Central Florida youth leader. You're a father, a coach, and everything that I see, you just love to pour into young people, and that is very powerful for me to see that and just see the your willingness and your heart to give back. Yeah, definitely. I think it was just my purpose in life and God. I don't think it was just become a coach because I think I want to live through coach kids' eyes or just be a coach. It was my purpose in life. And I knew even when I was in high school that one day I was going to be a coach and or and a businessman. I already knew that from high school because I already was doing coach things and, and business uh, type things. 
uh, even in high school. So I knew what my purpose and destination um, and what I was supposed to do uh, in life. I already knew when I was a teenager. That's that's perfect for this podcast. But before we get into that, so we're going to um, come back to that is I like to do something fun and play Would You Rather. Okay. So w- would you rather freeze time or go back in time? Freeze time. Okay. Why so? Going back in time. If I go back in time, I want to have experiences that I had then to make me who I am today. Okay. Everything I did back then, you know, is what made me get to the point where I'm at now. So I rather just, if I go back and then I don't think I've had the same experiences. Right. So by freezing time right now, now I can just kind of slow down a little bit reflect on what I had back then and then just make it greater. Oh, I like it. Okay. So would you rather live without music or TV? TV. Okay. So what kind of music do you like? Um, I'm, I like to listen to more RB and rap mixed together. Oh, so okay. If I, can get, if I can get the melody. I can get some good chorus and I can get some good message and I can get some good beats. So to keep it up-tempo, kind of like up-tempo beats and music, but I also like R&B, so that's my favorite. I don't like hardcore rap um, every day of the week, but I can listen to uh, a mixture of one artist that raps and kind of have the melody all at the same time. Who is that? I like, like uh, T-Pain has a, okay. um, a voice that give you a little singing and give you a little... R&B, uh, Akon. I was thinking A- about him when you were describing yep. that. Yep, he'll give you a mixture Akon. T-Pain give you a nice little mixture. Um, I like the, the Chris the Chris Brown's, he got an up-tempo type music. Um, but um, that's pretty, I'm, I'm very old school with it. So I still have Akon and T-Pain downloaded in my, in my iTunes, you know, when I listen to when I get in the car in the morning. So give that little hardcore and not too laid back isn't that scary that that's considered old school yeah <laughs> right right it just right. seems like yesterday when they came out yeah yeah so on a consistent basis that's me right there yeah no okay awesome all right would you rather watch high school or college football high school football high school football because you get to see the kids really give everything they got in high school football because they're trying to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Once you get to college football, they do give it a lot, but a lot coming to it with the college football, um, to my opinion, when it comes to maybe a little bit more kids' politics, a little bit more start to step in for me. Uh, high, it's everywhere, but high school, though, it's a little different. They tend to find ways to make sure every kid get opportunity in high school, in my experience. Yeah, it's raw. It's in that raw, true state that whether or not that, you know, young man is going to move on to play in college, they're still giving it everything they got. Yes, but in college, you get to the point where, okay, I'm playing, but I only have no aspiration to go in the field. You kind of already know in college by a certain time whether you're going to get a shot or not. You Mm -hmm. already know. But in high school, because there's thousands of colleges out there and colleges allow you just to walk on 
to play. You know, my son played at St. Thomas University. I went out there. He was on a partial scholarship, but there was 200 kids out there. 80 kids just walked on. They want to play football. So, so whether they play the game or get to the next level NFL, they had a chance to be on a college football team and play and uh, to continue, you know, having fun. So, I think um, high school is where it's at because they don't got an opportunity to get to college. College, on the other hand, you ain't that guy or you ain't in a certain place. Lucky, you're not going to NFL. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even a smaller percentage that even gets to that point. Correct. Yep. Okay. The last one, would you rather have pizza or tacos? I say pizza, but I say pizza. And um, because I'll eat either one of them meals. I only eat once or twice in two months or maybe once a month. Okay. So neither so, one of them are really on your radar? No. I like that pizza is too much bread. I eat it. I ate a pizza the other day for the first time in, I don't know, the last time I had a pizza. And then taco, maybe two or three months when I had a taco. So, yeah. So what's your go-to? Like, what what's your go-to place that you, you love to go, no matter if it's Monday, Friday, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 10 p.m.? Yes, it's, well, my... My favorite place is a little place called Hawkers. It's right here in um, Conroy. And you can go in the morning at 11 as soon as they open and get you some real good, a good meal. And the food is cooked to perfection. It cooked fresh in your face right there. A natural cook. It ain't too greasy or cheap or cheesy or whatever. Um, you can eat it without adding sauce or extra sauce. So it's Asian style. Um, so like, I I'm, I mean, I, I just go to Hawkers, just go to Hawkers. Yeah, no, I agree. They've got green beans that are just crazy good. Yeah. So I like, it's kind of my spot to go to would be Hawkers. Okay, I get it. So it's not pizza or tacos. That's okay. You can have a neither. No. <laughs> it's a fun game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well Coach Lowe, so I started Pathways to Greatness in January. One, I fought ever doing this because I wasn't sure because there's a million podcasts that are out there, but I really felt led to to do it because everybody has a different definition of greatness and nobody's pathway is the same and it's not linear. It's not a straight line. And so my goal of the podcast is to bring people on like yourself to share valuable information that people can take from that that can just help them not quit. I just want people to continue to pursue because we all know that when you hit an obstacle on your pathway to greatness, it's how you're able to over, overcome though that will ever help you get to that point that you see as greatness. So from that, what is your definition of greatness? The definition of greatness for me, first of all, is going to be, I would say, um, the fourth thing I like to say when I do when I use the word greatness, and one is having a mindset. Greatness is a strong mindset. Strong mindset of greatness. What is greatness? Commitment. Commitment of greatness. What is greatness? Sacrifice of greatness. And the last thing is having passion for what you want to do. 
So I always use that term. So mindset of greatness, the commitment of greatness, the sacrifice of greatness, and the passion of greatness. Have all four every single day. You have all four of them, it equals to one word, greatness. Yeah, and what I like so much about it, I want people to hear, is those four words can apply to no matter what you do in your life. It, it's not just on the field. It's as a parent, as a spouse, as a child, like wherever you're at, you have a chance that if you have the right mindset, if you have the commitment, if you're willing to sacrifice and the passion to do those other three, then greatness will find you. Correct. And I totally agree. And I live by it. I believe in it. I, it's like a everywhere I go from work, I'm, I'm a trainer at work. I'm a trainer uh, and I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a trainer. And, I'm, and I coach at work, home, wherever I go, them the fourth thing I go by. So no matter what comes or what happened, I make sure that, okay, me, myself, I got to have a strong mindset. I can't let nothing stop me from being committed. I have to sacrifice a lot of different things in order to get it done. And then if I'm going to do it, let's have, I got to have passion to do it. And I can't not have three of them and not four. I have to have all four. You know, if, you, if you take one out of the ingredients, then it's not going to be the same. Because when you, if the mindset is, you know, to be the, make sure that youth kids are living their dream or or someone at work is trying to get to the next level or be successful, right? If, if you don't have a strong mindset to to accomplish that goal, then you're not be committed. If you're not committed, you're not gonna sacrifice certain things to help you get that goal. And then you have a passion for what you've been doing, all of it is relevant. Right. And and what I like about, again, the way you broke it down into four areas is it gives people an opportunity to reflect, to figure out if you're not achieving greatness and you're, you're hitting um, a glass, a ceiling, whatever kind of terminology you want to use. If you look back and you reevaluate one of those four, you can find where you're missing. Correct. You can. You sure can. You'll see it like, oh, man, I missed that point right there. You, you, you'll know it. And then when you don't succeed, it's almost like they say, you know, goals written down, you know, achievable goal, not written down, or just wishes. Mm -hmm. You know if, whether you reach that goal or not. You're going to know it. And if you don't reach that goal, you knew it. Mm, I really give it my all? Was I really passionate about that project I was doing? You're you going to know it. And you're going to know what's missing. That's me for me in a way. Sure. And I would agree almost to the point where if you have to ask yourself those questions, am I passionate enough? Means you're not. <laughs> you're not. Exactly. 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 You got to ask yourself anyone, no question. You're, you're definitely not. You know, well, and, that, it, and that's what I saw on the field that, that at FBU when that started is that there's no question your passion around trying to just connect and motivate and inspire these young men and that's contagious. And if you just kind of went up there and was, well, well, guys, here's here we're at. This is what we're going to do. I mean, how's the rest of the day going to go? Right. And the thing about a lot of people just don't have, have a lot of people don't have it in them to be passionate. You might say, well, I mean, like I like or, or have or to be or, be, or to motivate. 
So or so they got to find other anger other ways. That's why people like me work because they're like, hey, I know I'm not that person that you know got got that passion for what I'm doing. And I'm just doing it for the the money. Well, what are they gonna do? Let me find somebody that do have the passion. Mm-hmm. That's why coaches are so important. You know, you have an owner of a team, right? But is he passionate to go out there and coach the game? No, that's why you bring a coach. That's how it works. So you have a, a boss, you own a company. Or do he really want to be the one that running the company? Or he didn't want to be the boss? I mean, he want to make the money, but he didn't really have the passion to really get down there and work with all the team members. So good we do. You hire a coach. So you just got to make sure that you put the right person people in place to fulfill what you don't have. Right. And that's kind of why it works for me whenever I go out and do the camps or go train or go teach or whatever, because I knew, I know everything I'm doing is for the people. I'm doing it for the youth or for the adults or for the team members. I'm doing it for them because I want to see them do better. Right. So yeah. help set the stage for the audience as they're listening to you share, just to add the credibility of the, of all that you've been able to accomplish. If you can just share your, your background in coaching, and most importantly, as you're doing that, is share the why. You talked about earlier where you you feel in your heart that that's God's purpose for you to do what you're doing, and I would just really like you to share that with the, the audience. I think a lot, a lot of people don't really know their purpose in life at a young age. They really don't know it, because a lot of times we're geared based on what our parents put us in. My parents put us in coaching, they put us in, I mean, put us in sports, they put us in uh, dancing, they put us in cheer, and we feel like that's what it is. Well, for me, I didn't have that. My mom didn't have, didn't put me into no sports. I found my way to the sport. Mm. We just walking down the road and seeing um, a foot flag football team playing, we go and say, can we play? So, or somebody say, hey, they got pop one up here, do y'all want to play? We just go play. Or they got basketball in the gym over here at City League. Do you want to go play? So we didn't we didn't have that parent to go put us in the sport. We just found our way. So that's what how sports work. But when I realized that's when I got in high school, I never forget I was running track and the coach never showed up. So I'm sitting around like, what are we gonna do? So I'm like, okay, well, all right, let's go. Let's do two laps, some warm-ups, some stretches. And I just took initiative. And I'm like, nothing, nothing about it. They know the next day I did it again, the next day. So I'm telling them, hey, y'all do 10 one fifties. Jane, me, and you're going to run a, a 5 one fifty. We're going to go jump hurdle. And Jane, you're going to go do long jump. Because the coach was doing some extracurricular at the school. So I just started taking it over from there in high school. And I'm like, man. <laughs> so I never forget, we get ready to go run um, the regional championship. I'm ranked one of the top in the state in the 110 high hurdles. We had the guys coming from Miami. Uh, they got two twins from Merritt Island. And they're like, low, low, low wood, definitely going to probably get fourth because these guys was real fast. And I lined up and I ended up beating them. And the guy came and asked me and said, hey, man, you just beat the top three uh, hurdles in the state of Florida. And you ran a, a great time of 14 points in 01. That's like almost 13s and un, uh, unofficial 13, 89. He basically broke records. He said, how did you do it? And I told him that I just coached myself and I coached others around me and we worked together and we just competed. And I came out here just to compete, you know, because I love it. 
Then he said, well, let me ask you a question. What you want to be when you grow up? I said, a businessman and a coach instantly. And But that coaching came because a coach didn't show and some out of nowhere that took that initiative and it started helping the team. Mm. And that, that what coaches started from there. And I, I really wasn't considered a coach. I was just a player. I was just a, a track runner. And, but that stuck with me. So when I go to school, I went to start, I was going to the University of Miami Hurricanes. I ended up getting hurt and I didn't really make it. So I said, well, um, I ended up going to a smaller school called Northeast Oklahoma AM. And I went there. And I, when I get there, Northeast Oklahoma AM, we have a coach named Coach Hill. He said, hey, Lo, um, I like what you did. I want you to play defense. I said, no, I'm playing offense because I played both ways in high school. So I play, so I got taught how to run routes real good. And I run out my routes and everybody like, what is he doing? No one knew what I was doing because I was taught how to run the route, the route tree. <clears throat> so I run all these routes and a guy came over there with Chris Penn. He played for, he ended up going to Tulsa, ended up going to um, San Diego Chargers. He didn't know nothing about running routes. He was a basketball guy with big hands and fast. Six five, so he came me one day. I taught him how to run the routes. He was like, "Thank you." He you know kept like picking some catches that year. So now all of a sudden, here come Crip Husson, who played at Minnesota Vikings. Then all of a sudden, here come Carl Kier, who ended up playing at the Raiders. Well, I'm coaching all of them in college. Unofficially, I, right? <laughs> right. But I'm just a player. I then I really I got hurt. I had a bone tumor in my femur. That bruise I got hurt in high school came back end of my career really so i came home had kids and i was just going through and out of nowhere uh got in lou ross who played at buffalo bills uh said hey man you want to coach with me i said Shh, yeah and there was the rest of history i started coaching little league football for years you know we ended up winning the city league championship with 13 players that's incredible you know <laughs> i started doing uh Pop one football and uh, I had my two kids, my son low. So I started coaching my son low, you know, low play there, uh, Notre Dame. And then I just started coaching a lot of kids and it just came my thing. And youth football was the angle for me for working with the youth kids and having a son that doing the sport really solidified that this is where I belong, this is what I'm supposed to be doing is coaching youth kids and, and living out God purpose for me. That's fantastic. One thing that that I want to highlight that I heard you say is that you saw a need and you filled it. And how many times in life do we, we see the opportunity, but we let the negative voices in our head talk us out of it. So when you saw that opportunity, what did you hear in high school when you didn't have a coach? What did you hear in your head that made you want to move forward and help your teammates? Cause that's what you were doing. I think in high school, what made me do in high school was I wanted a way out. And I and we and it's, I think that's what it was. We didn't have no coach. Nobody really was training us. We all wanted to go to college. We wanted to get out of the, uh, the the stigma of black athletes don't do well from a pop they don't go to college. That was a stigma. Single mothers, grandmothers raising the kids. It was a stigma even back then. And and Jam at night was my cousin. You know, I had Robbie home. home. We all ran, we all ran hurdles. And it was just amazing because when the coach didn't show up 
and I took over, well, it, it was like, we got to get out. We got to find a way out. How can we get out of here? How can we get to college? I know what, what we got to come on. We got to win, you know, and I wanted to win. I would like to, you know, I'm, I was big and co 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 very competitive. You know, I, if I had a dance contest, I wanted to win. You know, I wanted my name. I like my name called. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be in the limelight. I liked it because I perform in the talent show that I was little. So it was, it was my opportunity to step in and, and, and do something that no one had done in a long time at Apaka was go win the hurdles um, or, or even make it to the state championship. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how that went. And I stepped into it and stepped out on faith and, Thing you know, we had a state championship, and I'm number one in the region. Made it to state. Jane made it to state, and Robbie made it to state. That's incredible. Yeah, and that goes back to what you said earlier about not wanting to go back in time. Because if you went back in time, and maybe you chose it and said, "Okay, well, I want to coach to see what would have happened." If the coach showed up that day, we might not see Coach Low this Correct. today. Like that's. Correct. That's that God moment that those things happen to get you here. So when people look back on their pathways to greatness, there were obstacles along the way. You just shared it. You didn't have a high school coach. You you were injured at a big division one school and had to transfer to another school obstacle. You got to, you know, play somewhere else and then something else happened that hurt your career, but it gave you an opportunity to now, coach and teach other people to help them grow and be, you know, and them reach their potential while all along you were living to your potential and your purpose. I don't think I would have been where I'm at now and impacting the youth kids lives right now and their parents or, or, or my team members at work. If I didn't go through what I went through, starting from elementary to youth to high school, my mm -hmm. life led up to where I'm at now. It was the experience I had that would make me be who I am today. I'm glad they say, oh, you didn't have a father in the house. Well, if I had a father in the house, maybe I wouldn't have did things the way I did it. You know what I mean? I would love to have a father in the house, of course, but if I didn't. So now if I had a father, how maybe I didn't have the path of helping other kids because I wouldn't know. Nothing about kids that don't have fathers in the house. Now I know how I feel to have a father in the house or not have a mom or dad at any of your games or any of your trap meets because they got to work all the time or, or he's not around. So, or at the little league games, you know, you catch a touchdown, nobody there but you, they don't even know. So all that there matters. So now I know how I feel when I got a kid with a single mother and struggling and I know what to do now. I know how to step in. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had a kid parent call me, a school teacher, a principal call me yesterday that one of my players was going through some things in school. They called me. I know how to handle that. But if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't know how to handle it. Mm. I hope everybody heard that because it's the hardships that prepare you to help other people. I heard a term not that long ago is we help the people who we once were. And God prepares us for that. He He equips us. So he equipped you for it where, again, if we just, if you wallowed in the hardships that you were going through, you would never 
see the blessing to be able to to pour into other people. Correct. Get that right on the nose there. Right on the nose. It gets no better than that there. No, no, there's no other way to put it. You know, and it, it is it's interesting. It go farther than that. Like I have kids I deal with in college where my son, my son, oh God, having my son was was a blessing because everything he went through, I'm equipped now to deal with anybody else that's going through it. And he went through so many challenges, so many challenges from transfer from one, no, not starting on pop one to his eighth grade year. And I was a coach. So how you deal with that? Starting as a freshman in high school, first one to do it in the history of Dr. Phil High School before he went to a popular. How, uh, how you deal with that? How do, people ask me a question, you think it's okay for him to play as a freshman? I got that experience. I had mm-hmm. one. <clears throat> Uh, playing um, at Notre Dame, getting ready to start your junior year, snap your Achilles. How you deal with that? How you keep them mentally tough, mentally focused, uh, even to start? Then they go to the national championship, 12 and over against Alabama. That was your time. How, other kids that have been through that, I had, I had uh, Carl Joseph that went through the exact same thing his senior year before you had to go to NFL. Because I've been through that experience with Lowe, I'll even talk to him. So all the experiences I went with my own son allow me to be able to relate to other kids and help them get through their tough time through their journey. Right. So well, I'd love to hear how how you were able to talk to your son and the other player when things happen and you feel like the world is against you. And how in the world could this happen to me? Like you said, this was my time. And it's almost that why me moment. Yeah, right. So how did, because I know everybody, whether, again, whether they're an athlete or not, we've all had those why me moments. So how do you help someone through one of those? Remind them the purpose. Remind them the purpose and the plan. What was the, what is the ultimate goal, ultimate purpose, you're playing football in college. What is the ultimate goal? And, they, and and I tell them that all the time. When I call my boys, I call my daughter who's playing volleyball in college right now. The first thing we talk about is how are you doing? Talk to them, don't talk at them. Mm-hmm. Talk about their life. See what's going on. Listen, I listen to them. Two ears, one mouth. Just listen. Then I remind them the NFL is a dream. A college degree is reality. The purpose of college football is get a free education and come out with a college degree. Student first, football second. That's why they call it student athlete. I keep iterating that. Keep iterating that. So when I'm calling, I don't say how your leg doing, how school, how's the grades, where we were graduating, how far we are. Did you do your intern? Are you set up? We always focus on school academic. When I did 707, they had a GPA to play 707. No other team wanted that. To train with me, you had to have a certain GPA even train with me. 
grades academic we, we pushed academics so heavy that when they got injured it, it didn't totally bother them because they knew i'm gonna get a degree from georgia tech notre dame ucla stanford so they knew it and and all said and done you, you see all these jerseys behind me every last one of these got college degree mm. so that was the ultimate goal and then now if you can make both you can make your dream come true go to nfl great but we have to focus on what is the bigger picture here mm -hmm. and that's how i am able to get them to just lock in get healthy get back going and get back on the field and go from there and sure enough some of them car drove the first round drop pick with an acl you know i mean so it happens so that's pretty much was my and take, take with them is don't forget the bigger picture. What is the true purpose of playing in college in football, college football, or any sport? So, oh, no, well, let's say football. That's really what I'm geared toward more. Degree. Basketball, one year you get to go. Okay. Baseball, you can just grab right out of high school. Okay. But in football, different perspective. Right. So I, just, I focus on academic first, football second. And and what was critical that I took from that is identity. You, you've you've shifted their identity to the purpose and to the why, where you hear so many that their identity is only football. And when that's taken away, they're completely lost. Is that what you've seen as well? And, and, they, and that's so true. And with my group of guys, the ones that they took it away, they're completely lost, that, that didn't focus on the main purpose, they're struggling right now. But that's a small percentage. Mm -hmm. The ones that understand the main purpose, they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. You know that that's that's what I found out. You know, I have a I have two lawyers under my belt right now. You know, a guy that's doing TV shows, guys that are running ambulance worker, they uh, fire department, all they doing things that are giving them a good living. The ones that chose to put football first and then make it, they struggle. So you can't save it all, save them all. But that's a very small percentage. Very small percentage. I was listening to Sports Spectrums today, and I don't know if you've ever listened to that podcast, but it's a fantastic podcast. And it was they were interviewing Marcus Cannon, who played um, tackle for the Patriots. And he was on five of the Super Bowl, five of the 12 Super Bowl teams and has three rings from them. And he's 35 and he just retired from football. Mm -hmm. He's 35 years old. Yeah. And if he didn't have purpose and didn't have something else, that's a 35 year old that's going to have potentially another 50 years to wander and try to find who they are. Right. Well, and for him, you know, in his situation, it might be a slight different because he did do five Super Bowls. He did got three Super Bowl rings. He did make some money. Uh, he, he is a great place where he's going to be in a situation where he's trying to find his way. It, it shouldn't be too hard because he has the network to help him find his way. He has the financial help him find his way. He has the, 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 go back to his college, all of his uh, the, the um, alumni help him find his way. He has a name out there to help him find his way. So retiring at 35 is amazing for them guys. Because the situation he's in, the ones that didn't get where Marcus was at, 
finding their way gonna be tougher mm-hmm. if they do not put the right purpose first. And, and, and like they said, that, that little quote, 1% making it NFL, it's a true statement. When I'm out there doing them camps, there's 22 guys out there. All 22 thought they were going to go to the NFL and play the NFL, have a long-lasting career. No, 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 no. So that is a true statement. But at the same time, I don't associate myself with no coaches that don't at least have a college degree. And I've been very careful with that there. You better be right on point or you better be close or something. But I'm very fond about that because I want to be able to say, hey, this is, you know, Lowood Jr. played at Notre Dame, greater than Notre Dame. Impact, instant impact. Um, I had um, Chad Matterby, Florida State. Impact, greater than Florida State. I want that instant impact. So that's what also helped me I say how that path of greatness because I'm surrounding myself with guys mm. like that that can impact the youth instantly just with their background or their credentials instantly. Right. And it goes back to what you shared before is that's influence. There's also that connection of, of right. where they came from because there's certain people that wouldn't connect because they're like, well, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know how I've lived or how I've been raised. And that's, that's fair. It's a very fair statement of like, well, you don't know how hard it is because you haven't. And we do all carry transferable skills. So when you hear that, well, you just don't know how it is for me. How do you handle when somebody gives you that? Uh, I think when people feel like it ain't for them, you have to just listen and find out why. Okay. You can assume there's the answer because everyone coming away, but how do I find out something's not for them? How do I find out that they don't feel like that's for me or that's you know that's not the route I should go? Listen and find out why. And, and, and you know the first thing I talked about when we were talking, I talked about two ears and one mouth. Listen first, hold it in, and then go. We call that heart. Heart. First thing we I try to do when people find they can't go a certain way or they got an issue or situation, I follow the heart margin. H is for here. Let me hear you. Okay, I got you. Then I hit them with the E. Let me empathize with you. Empathy, show some empathy, show some empathy. Then I even apologize. I ain't do nothing wrong, but I apologize anyway that they feel that way, you know? Then I try to find a way, how do I resolve that? The way he feel, how do I resolve? What I'm gonna say to resolve it? And then the last night I leave, you know what I do? I thank them for even coming to me with, this, with the situation. Thank you for coming to me. Thank you for thinking of me that I'm the one that will listen to you. I'm the one that can help you. I'm the one that can guide you in the right way. So I just try to use that heart module just so I can get a clear understanding and I can explain it to them so that they can feel like yeah, I can do it. It is for me. Let me go for it. Let me give it a try. I don't, I'm not trying to kill that dream of the NFL 
or in a professional sport. But I am trying to give them the best of both worlds. Right. Instead of one. It's almost like um, I remember my son Lowe's in high, junior high school. He would get in trouble. And the teacher asked him, Lowe, what you want to be when you grow up? I said, mm-mm. No, 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 no. Let's rephrase that question. Because I already know the answer. Low, what you want to be when you grow up? A doctor, a lawyer, a farmer, a, a pharmacist? Give him choices. Because if you don't give him choices when they're young, they'll give you the one answer that every little football player in the world wants. And that answer is play in the NFL right and like you said earlier it's it's less than one percent I wouldn't even say it's a solid one percent right so I'm saying like give them choices and that's what my fan is that's why we always big in that like with youth sports and I we, we talk about this other day we're talking about in youth sports it's interesting in youth sports where my practice schedule is Monday at six o'clock we do book club homework Reading the Uncommon Life Daily Channel by Tony Dungy. That is so good. <laughs> throw, throw in throw in the scripture in there. Make each kid get up and stand up and read. What did you read? What you learn? What what is how does it apply to you? How are you going to use it? Let's pray. Right. That's 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 that's, that's, that's an hour. Now let's go to practice. See. With most program, they're not thinking that way mm -mm. at a young age. We got practice at six and we're going to hit somebody. No one slow down. Wednesday, I took them to church. We played fun, half gun, came inside. They're on the, I got kids on the front bench, hands up like this right here, praying. So we wait, we got to, I try to steer in them while they're young so when they get older they'll understand the purpose. Well, and what is so beautiful about that, and I can't think of another word than just, just call it beautiful, is that you're providing them confidence in themselves and outside of sports, outside of football, that will carry over to football is that they're confident and proud of mm -hmm. themselves to be able to, to read. Reading in front of people is nerve-wracking for a lot of people you should hear what the parents saying he never would get up in class wow how did you get him to stand and talk and read because i when i do that i get him incentives and now and sometimes they get from read and the other kid they mess up on a word the kid might laugh or whatever but then when that kid get up and he mess up on the word now everybody realize it was not perfect yeah so instead of laughing, encourage, help him. And it's amazing how it just transpired and just kind of just rolled. And it's just a great thing that we're doing with our book club. You know, just trying to implement it into them now. And then go to football practice. So just think about it. Book club, school, book club, practice. Mm -hmm. But most youth organizations, this is where it starts at with the youth, is school, football practice. That's it. So we're missing it. We're missing that point. And I made sure. And I've been like this here since I started coaching back in two, the 1990s. I've been the same way. Never stopped. Same, same, same thing. 
you know, and and that's, that's world changing. And I know that you know that, and that's why you do it. Is that those are the things that will change the world. If they, if those young men that come out of that program, knowing how to encourage other people and knowing the valuable lesson that we all are going to mess up. We all aren't good at everything because you could have had the the best running back that hit every hole and could run faster than anybody, but struggled in front of the, in front of the group reading. Well, Correct. now there's somebody else who might not be the fastest that encourages them and lifts them up. And now there's a connection there between the two of them because everybody's different. And it's like that definition of greatness. It goes back to what you said is the, the mindset of having the mindset to want to help and encourage other people, the commitment to put yourself out there. Because if we show somebody that we're not perfect and we share our shortcomings, it can give them the opportunity. Well, if Lo and Jeff are willing to share that, I guess I can share that too, which could right. be a huge relief for them. And then going back the sacrifice, like you said, sacrificing your ego to put yourself out there and then having the passion to want to see other people succeed. Is that it's I mean, I like the way you break it down, you you know, every time I hear it, I'm saying I'm visioning myself. I have a strong mindset. I am committed. I'm sacrificing. Yes, yes, I got the passion for it. That's that's it. And and, and I would tell people passion before the money. Mm. If you have passion, money will come. I tell people all the time, never put the money before the passion. Never put football before academics. Same thing. A coach to be great, he can't put money before the passion. He cannot do it. He have to put the passion and the money will come. That's what it is. And then you're going to come tenfold because of what you're doing. And and, and what you're going to do with it, somebody, I mean, how people get the money and they still put it right, pour it right back into the, the program or right back into the kids or what the case might be. I know coaches sacrifice. So that's my motto. And the last thing I tell coaches too, in order to be great in what you do when working with kids, it reminds you of that having all four is great. Also, remember, you can't tell no one to do it with their money. You can't tell nobody to do it with their kid. All you can do is be the best you can be as a coach, as a trainer, as a mentor. I'm speechless. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's so good. And when you were, when you were talking, it's, I'm thinking t-shirts, awards for your program of the, just those four areas, because it's such an important lesson to teach people that that can create their own personal values. You have that kind of influence because you live those. There's no question other than seeing you in front of those young people at FBU and then following you on Instagram, and then now having this short conversation, I know that these four live in you and it's a part of who you are. And that's what I want people to hear is whatever your values are, it shouldn't surprise people. And a lot of times I know in my life, I've said I've had a value and they really, I'm like, okay, I'm not aligned to what I need to be. Mm-hmm. And 
now I feel as if I, my values that I've written on a piece of paper, nobody would be surprised that I have those. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, I always, my, I always do quotes and when it come down to, I will try to do quotes and, and that also going to help me continue doing what I'm doing because sometimes you can get off track. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there you're dealing with in society when it comes to social media or parents or kids in trouble and what the world is going to, what the world is evolving to. Everybody, I got so many quotes. That's crazy. Like you, you mentioned the word t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I got one for you. Focus and be part of something that's authentic and not a image. I tell you all the time, stop chasing the image and focus on what's authentic in your life. If you do that, it's easier for you to now focus on being yourself because everyone else is taken. Mm -hmm. You can do that now. Because you ain't focused on the image. Mm -hmm. Every time you focus on an image, guess what? You try to be somebody else. And you go with what's authentic, you can be you. How do you help people feel find that authentic self? That again? How do you help people find their authentic self? I'll get an example of that would be authentic. When when you play us, let me give us, I'm doing a sports term. I'm going to play my football game. When I get ready to get dressed, I'm going to put on my pants, my shoulder pad, my helmet, my sock, and my cleats. And I'm going to go play football. Let's be, let's follow the image. I'm going to look over here and this one over here. Oh, he's going to put on his arm sleeves, his arm sleeves. He's going to put his leg sleeve. He's going to put on this band and this band. He's going to tie a bow around his head. He's going to do all the extra stuff. He, so now you now you do all this here and take so much time because you want to be flash like everyone else when you should have that much time focusing on locking in on the game. Mm. That is the key. And I learned that with my team. So you got five minutes to get dressed. 28 players, 20 of them is ready. The other eight put on three pair of socks over their shoes, the spats and this man. You try, you, you're doing too much now. Keep it, keep it simple. Just go play football. Keep it simple. There's a, a, a program that's teach basic fundamentals football. They develop kids. They coaching kids. But then there's a program over here, boy. Woo. They want the flash and the glory and the smoke bomb. Boom, boom, boom. The, the excitement, the best player. They get them all over. Oh, I'm, I want to go over there. Authentic. Over here, everyone plays in the game. Over here, 60 kids on the team, 30 don't play. Why? Why did You had a chance to leave. Why, why didn't you leave? Because you like the image. Mm. They're on Facebook, they're on social media, they fashion it for a brand, they look good. But we play over here. You got the bench over here. Y'all winning, 
Urban Meyer said it. It's great to be a Florida Gators. It's great to be a national champion. But if you never got in the game, what does it matter? That same kid could have went to Georgia Southern, been All-American. Mm-hmm. We chased the image. And how many times as adults do we do that? Oh. It's oh. every day. All day. All day. Want to change it. Want to chase it. Every day they want to chase it. You know, I use a scenario. Here's a scenario for you right quick. I'm going to go buy a brand new car. Flash him and say it'd be a big time car. And knowing I really can't afford it. But I'm going to go get it. <laughs> so when you had the car before you driving that car, somebody had a nice car. When you got the Mercedes Benz, they said, ooh, nice car. When you drove the car before, they said, nice car, but it never had to pay the car payment. When you drove that Benz, ooh, nice car. They still didn't have to pay the car payment. You got a nice car. One girl say, nice car. Another woman say, ooh, nice car. So what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Do we get it? Right, see, we start chasing the images instead of just going with authentic. We put ourselves in a bad situation. Now you can't pay the car payment. <laughs> right. Well, in, in, in the example like you gave before, is it's it's a self-esteem issue. It's a self-love issue. And by the, as simple of a thing of teaching someone to stand up and read in front of a classroom and build that confidence there, mm-hmm. that starts to create that authentic self because I've chased those things. I, we've all fell victim to that at one point or another, but now I'm fine just being me. Right. And you, you get it and you like it or you don't. And I try to tell my kids, I go, if you're you, you will be a trendsetter because they'll wonder why in the world are you doing that? Because nobody else is doing it. And before long, all those people that weren't authentic will be shifting to going, well, I want to do what he's doing because he's the, the the one that's different in a positive way. Positive in a positive way, right? In a positive way. I tell my daughter all the time, don't follow society. You're in college, don't be a society uh, or a person. Follow the, what's authentic and what's right and what's good. And everybody, no one's perfect. We know that. But still, you got to be careful and watch what you're doing and how you're doing it. And if we didn't raise you that way, in no way you should be opposite. Or I tell my daughter all the time, I didn't raise you that way. I mean, it, but it, you know, they're part of the environment. We know that. Some people are going to go the same way. Some are the opposite. Mm-hmm. But if you if but if you are positive, everyone is positive. If everyone is positive, then and then they got a good upbringing. Then it's, they won't stray far from home. It said in the Bible, right? And you it's said childhood. earlier, surround yourself with the right people. Uh, people, you know, one of my friends told me, uh, Ray, Ray Lewis. <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy is—he's amazing. So I'm talking to Ray. You know, we're talking about my son. I got a 21 year old that. They want to play football. I'm decided to go to the military. And of course, you know, Ray's son, what happened to his son, passed away. And Ray said, um, you want to see your future? Show me your friends. Mm. <laughs> That's that simple. Always. Show me your friends. 
that day, and I was like, mm. I told my daughter, I told my kids, I told them other kids, you want to see your future? Who your friend? Who you hang around? What's the GPA? What's going on in his household? No, I mean, how do he dress? All that there. And that's another thing that I'm trying to implement into these kids. And a lot of them will see it. Of course, I'm not going to hang with him no more. I'm not going to hang with him no more. I said, well, I'm not saying not to hang with him. Maybe encourage him to do right. If he won't, then you move on. But at least give yourself a chance to encourage him to do right. You go the authentic way instead of the way of following the image. Because this world is an image world, as you can see. Everything going toward the image. Everything going toward the root is the money. It's going toward the money. It's going toward the sex. It's going for the appearance. That's what we see all the time in our eyes. But if I can get a kid to get up there and just read a book, that one sentence or one word might stick with him. It might be mindset. It might be greatness. It might be commitment. It might be sacrifice. It might be love. It might be humble. It might be uh, exuberant. It might be experience. It might be impact. Whatever that word is, it might take with him. And he might leave that and say, I'm going to be an impact. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to love my friends. What one word can change. Bobby Bowden said it best. When you come to my football uh, camps, I remember they told me in 2006, when you come to my football camp, leave here with one thing that can impact your life. One thing. I tell my kid one word. Give me one word that, that can impact you. So that's why I love for them to read. So when they read it, you, you know, they like, oh man, I said, what one word stuck in your head, coach? I'm uh, uh, Johnny or Jim. What, what one word? And I said, I take that word, write it down, and look at the definition. And use it all the time. Because everything in that book is positive. And that's what it needs to be done. And that's my focus driven, my purpose driven, just to drive into them kids a positive energy, bring positive outcome. Make sure they can have something they can cling on. Kids are in denial, you know, when it comes to advice sometimes. So you got to find a way to get to them. And a lot of times it comes with just reading. I mean, because, you know, I tell the parents, read, just read with them. You did it when they were three, four years old. The best time, you know, the best time to read with a kid? And it's 12, 13. You, you read when they two, all of a sudden you stop. Let the teacher handle it. No, 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 no. The teacher got 35 in class. Me and my son at 18 years old, reading together. 18? You name me an adult parent that read a book beside the Bible, a regular book with their son at 18 years old, with their daughter. What are, you, and, what are you reading with him? Purpose Driven. Oh, it's a great book. Purpose Driven. There's yeah. another one that if you get a chance, you may have already read it. Where is it? I'll send it to you. It's um, by Mark Batterson. Um, Chase the Lion, I think is the name of it. It's so good because he just talks about having a goal that's so big that it requires God's intervention. And it just he just lays it all out. It's really, really good. I'm also reading the book, How Do You Do It? Uh, Chick-fil-A man. Oh, okay. 
you know, he got a three-part series book. Um, I've been reading that book from since 2010. I read it. And I gave my son, my daughter, and each one of us kept one of the books. And then they're like, where the book at? I don't know. I know. So you need to read it. Because that book is what helped me when it came to business-wise. Taught me a lot. I, I, leave, I can show you a picture right on my desk, my table right now. I didn't look at the pictures. Remind me. How did he do it? How did you do it? How did right. he do it? Remind me of that there. Well, I'll, so, I'll challenge you. I wrote a book in 2020, so I'll send you a copy. You should write a book. You know, it's not hard. I can, I'll give you all the steps because somebody helped me and I was able to do it. I would love to. I've been writing since 2010 for 13 years. I've been writing. I got a, a this thick a notebook filled since 2010. <laughs> you probably have like five books already. Probably should. And every time I'm on a plane, I write a paragraph. I write a paragraph. What I'm doing, where I'm going, what's happening, what's going on. Like, I'm always, then you go through my social media, all my, my my stories, my vision and going through. And I always say that, but I just, that's one of them stepping out on faith. Get it done. Procrastination. 100% procrastination called 100% failure. Mm-hmm. And that's when I told nobody I never wrote a book. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not, like I said, I know that's the case. And this is the third time someone said, they need to write a book. You need to write a book. I just didn't go by it. But I did not think it'd be a great book. I think I have uh, stories that can relate, that can impact and change lives. Uh, just off those four words that you gave me, or just off the heart analogy. I mean, you look at those, I mean, your four words, the mindset, commitment, sacrifice, and passion. I mean, you can easily write a book. We have to connect because... The, the way, because I'm pretty simple-minded in the sense of it's it's got to seem simple, otherwise I won't do it. And so he uh, my writing coach talked, and, and again, it was funny because it was so simple, but it, I needed him to break it down, is you just think about writing 300 words in 30 minutes a day. So most mm -hmm. people can write 300 words in 30 yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah. You just do that every day you can have a 25 plus thousand word book in less than six months. Oh, I, well, listen, I already got that book right <laughs> in my state. I'm exactly. Right, I get right now. I guarantee you. I have that book. Right yeah. And I'm so, sorry. and he said, just write, don't think about format. Don't think about spelling. I do. Yeah. Just put yeah. it on the paper. And he's like, cause you'll fix it all in editing anyways. Yeah. And then that's where you help someone, you, you hire somebody to help you organize your thoughts in a way that doesn't challenge the reader. And, and I, you know, again, you self-publish it. And so I published in 2020 and similar to you is to me, it was a more of a, a legacy and a lesson for my kids to see me write a book and to actually have a book that's a hard copy book. Right. And, um, now, I mean, I, I'm just Jeff from Orlando. I didn't think anything about it. And then this year I just crossed the 500 copy mark, which wow. for a self-published author who nobody really knows who they are. I'm super proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you, uh, I had the book was called, I called myself, I'm going to write a book, the world of Lowe's. Those were, I had so many different worlds. <laughs> I mean, so many different things I did, you know, it's crazy, you know, that I, everything I did was all about helping and impacting 
others in the best way I can. Mm-hmm. And on how I'm able to be successful in all levels. Like, you know, I own a barbershop. I talk about the barbershop, whole book about the barbershop, impacting men that didn't have a, uh, the shop got closed down, shut down, for whatever. And I opened back up, changed their lives. One, one guy was going to be in a bad situation. And by opening the shop up, now he's doing better and doing well. Just a whole other world of that. You know, we, I bought some condo, put single mothers in it or single dads low price I, I did that impact whole other world the training kids from seven years old all the way up i don't have an nba player a major league baseball player i got two boys 16 year old got drafted brothers um got drafted by the mlb from columbia i'm in cuba that trains a little boy i go back that's so much you know just kids in college my experience with my kid so much out there and i don't know how i, I, I managed god able to me to juggle all of it and still have a peace of mind, home, settle, good career, you know, and he blessed me tenfold by giving me my job I have. Cause I was going through some tough time with my job back then and coaching and working with kids and packing their lives. I ended up getting a job through one of the kids' dad and I've been there for 20, almost 20 years now. That's awesome. It's because you're, like you said, you're in where God wants you. And so he's going to provide. Exactly. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, so, well, Coach, what's what's something that you want to leave the audience with? I say, knowing your purpose in life, finding your purpose, what is your purpose? How do you make that purpose grow? How that purpose impact everyone, youth, moms, dads, team members, workers? How does it change your life and impact your own life because you impact others. Find your purpose. Find the whys. Find the hows. And all my God, like I say, and I, the quotes, if you just live by them, wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and just say, be yourself, everybody else take it. Mm-hmm. Be you. Be great. Follow the mindset of, of someone that wants to be great. Continue being committed to everything you want to do. Give it 100%. You can't give it 100%, don't do it. Just it'll keep it down with stress easily. Sacrifice the right thing. Sacrifice the right thing. What is the right thing? Maybe not going out, hanging out, doing something. Sacrifice not doing that to ultimate be great. And always do whatever it takes to make sure that your passion is known. They can see it, they can feel it. They can hear it. They can hear the passion coming. And they say the name Camp King or Lowood or Jeff, oh, here come the passion. They, they need to know when you step in the room, your presence in the room, that you're going to brighten that room. And when you move, they know it's going to be positive. And when you're moving to be positive, others are going to move to be negative. How do you overcome the negative? by continue bringing the passion and live through God's eyes and know that he knows your purpose when he made you. That's it. Amen. <laughs> that was so good. Well, how can people find and follow you? Um, well, I have my own website. I leave just my website because once you go to the website, all the slow, all the social media is there. E-X-C-E-L speed.com. 
Okay. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. Please go and, and go to his website, find all the places where you can follow him. And he's a good follow because it's just so refreshing to see all the good things that you're doing. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. Well, hang on one second, everybody. It's Coach Low Wood. Thank you. 